uh, taken primarily from Proverbs 4.23, but there's other scriptures that <clears throat> we'll be going through. You know, as I was studying uh, John 17 this month in Sunday school, I noticed uh, something Jesus said in John 17.4, where he says, I glorify you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. And I thought, what was the work that Jesus accomplished? Uh, well, he was Messiah, uh, the Son of God, who gave us the gift of salvation to mankind. I thought, can I say that I have accomplished, uh, what, what have I accomplished in, uh, in my life? Or what am I accomplishing? Uh, the work that God has given me to do. And I asked that question uh, to, the, to the class at that time, uh, earlier this month. And Karen says, yes, we can accomplish uh, the work that God has given us in our life. And so she said, uh, you know, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Matthew also, well, Matthew says, uh, that uh, we're the, as believers, we're salt of the earth. We're light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And Jesus says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. But the thing that will dim our lights and even snuff it out, when we give ourselves into temptation. This is another subject um, we normally don't talk about with one another. We don't bring this up, even though some of us might be struggling with that. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, this is common to man. In other words, this is, this is part of being human. I know there's elements there we, uh, we really would rather not people know about. I mean, we, we think that, well, folks might think differently of me. They might, they might uh, you know, they might not respect me anymore. You know, and that fear can actually stop us from really being real uh, with one another. You know, the Bible says in Romans 6, 7, and 8, it's sin within. And uh, that we have to contend with. Yes, it's true that believers in Christ, uh, the truth is that we have died to sin. And we are free from the penalty of sin but we're not free from sin's presence. Um, that is only going to take place when we're in heaven. But for now, we have to contend with sin within. But we must learn to master it, the Bible wants us to do. And we can, and we will. The Bible says in Romans 8.37, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loveth. Amen? Well, let's address this. The Bible addresses this. All throughout the Bible, people have struggled with sin. And the Bible shows the consequences for giving into sin. Uh, to motivate us not to go there, don't make the same mistakes, I believe this is a message that God wants us to understand that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you're able, but will with the temptation, will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Amen. Let's go ahead and bow in prayer. Lord, my heart is that we hear your heart. I pray, God, that we here in this church hear the heart of God in this area. 
and that we would respond in obedience to you, that we would respond in being real with ourselves, uh, even confess, confess that, confess sin, forsake it. Lord, you want to speak to our hearts, and you want us to respond truthfully. I pray that takes place. Help me to uh, share the word so that is clearly understood. In your name I pray, amen. The Bible says in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all, all else, for it determines the course of your life. We'd be wise to take this seriously. God is telling us to protect our thinking, how we think, because it will determine the outcome of our lives. You might be thinking, Doug, aren't you overthinking this? Come on, man, lighten up, right? Okay, you're, you're wanting us to be uptight, is that it? You want us to be uptight and, and be tense and nervous about things, you know, and be jittery? No, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to bring out what God wants us to, uh, the way God wants us to approach life. And that's with wisdom and with understanding. Listen to what God is saying and uh, learn to live victoriously. This involves guarding our hearts with all diligence. What does it mean to be tempted? It actually means, in the Greek, to test, like scrutinize, entice, uh, even discipline. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Okay, well, is there a difference between being tempted and being tested? How can I tell the two apart? I think the two could be happening at the same time. Uh, it depends on where my heart is at. If I, if I have lust in my heart, if I'm lustful, if that's me, then when I, an opportunity in my life to lust comes, I will express that. I would want to fulfill it. But if I really care to please God, honor God, and in my life, those Times of testing will be used to exercise my character, make me become stronger in my walk with God, and allow me to gain rewards in heaven. Amen? Like putting more money in the bank. James tells us in James chapter 1, it says, Blessed is a man who endures temptation, for when he has been tempted, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You know, not too long ago, I finished uh, my job at a restaurant, restaurant carryout place, and I needed, uh, I needed the uh, work to be signed. I have a handheld device, you know, and so I handed it to this, uh, this woman who I usually am uh, in, in contact with in doing the job. And so uh, she grabs a piece of paper and a pencil, and she says, here, give me your number. And I was confused. I, I, think, I was thinking, what does that have to do with what, the work that I did? Then it dawned on me. No, she wanted my number. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I, I, so I looked at her, I told her, I don't, I don't give, why do you want my number? I don't give my number out. I don't, I don't give my private number out to people. And so there was this awkward look with one another for about 10 seconds. And then she said, I just forget the whole thing. So I had her sign the uh, handheld and I walked on my way. And I walked on, I thought, Lord, what was that? <laughs> what was that all about? You know? I mean, what if I would have given her my phone number and went on with that romantic relationship? That would have devastated Donna. I know that. That would have, de that would have devastated my girls. That would have devastated the family. That would ruin my testimony. I would have had to step down in, in ministry because, uh, yeah, amen, because, uh, you know, I brought a reproach. Brandon said, I, I shared this with Brandon. He said, yeah, I would have had to fire you. <laughs> amen? So, yeah. And so I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Lord, I don't get it. I'm bald-headed. <laughs> I'm old. Why, why, does this, why is this happening? This is common to man, right? This was a test from God for me at that moment. Now, I look at you all, and I see some attractive people here. How are you handling temptation? I know, I, well, I guess. I have a pretty good guess that you all are experiencing temptation, too. You're just not saying anything. Just in different ways. It doesn't have to be sexual. It can be other things, too, as we'll go on in the message here. Temptation, how are you handling this? A friend of uh, Donna and myself shared this with us, that some guy was trying to, uh, you know, get with her and flirt and wanted her phone number. And our friend said, you see this ring? That's all you need to know. <laughs> and that iced it real quick. <laughs> Amen. All right, so the first test we see in the Bible is with Adam and Eve. They failed that test. Thank you very much. <laughs> Genesis 2 tells us that God planted the tree of life in the middle of the garden. Also, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in, that, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You know, the serpent, or Satan, came in Genesis 3 and tempted the woman. Interestingly, Satan goes after not Adam, but her. Because God talked directly to Adam, not to Eve. Because Eve wasn't created yet. Genesis 2, 15 and 18. We have to assume Adam uh, relayed the message to Eve. Eve knew it because when Satan approached her and asked her a question about the tree, she gave the right answer, right? Even though she did add a few more things to it. She told Satan that they weren't supposed to touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan approached her by asking, by asking a question. And so my question is, where was Adam at? Yeah. You know, I, I thought, I thought, uh, I really thought, I assumed that he wasn't there. I thought maybe he was someplace else. You know, there he didn't, he wasn't there. But I, you know, I shared that with Donna too. And she said, no, he was there. I said, yeah. I looked at it again, yeah, I would imagine he was. But you know what, okay. You're there and you're seeing Satan talk to your wife? What are you doing, man? How come you didn't speak up? Right. 
So, so, naive, so uh, Eve was naive, and uh, she lacked experience and wisdom and judgment. That's when Satan approached her to entrap her. Satan did this in front of Adam, and he didn't do anything about it. That's Adam. Satan asked her, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from the tree of the garden? Satan engaged her in conversations. That's something to think about. Don't engage ourselves in the enemy. Don't talk to him. Share the word of God. So Satan got her to question what God really said. Move got out the picture and got her to look at the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, in a different way. Looking at that fruit in a way that would really be desirous to have. And so, and so what happened? The Bible says she saw, that's key, she saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. That's what, that's what she was focusing on. And, and she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. What happened as a result of them giving into the temptation? Everybody now suffers with sin for a long, long time. <laughs> Everybody, us, we suffer with sin. And also, every time we go to a funeral, we see that dead person in the casket. It's another reminder what Adam and Eve did in the garden. The reality of death staring us right in the face. Amen? So everybody's affected, except believers in Christ. We are free from the power and penalty of sin. And only in heaven will we be free from the presence of sin. But for now, we have to contend with the presence of sin. So what went wrong? Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They didn't stay with the plan, God's plan for them. What God told Adam to do. And so because of that, everybody suffers. God said, don't eat it. But Eve gave into temptation by listening to Satan. From that standpoint, she saw that the tree was good for food. Then she gained an appetite for the forbidden fruit. It was a delight to her eyes. And from there, she reasoned that the tree would make her wise. That did it. That did it. From that point, she could no longer resist. She, she engaged herself in eating the fruit. She's also, so she, she's all in now. And she gave some to her husband, and Adam ate too. Adam, what are you doing? <laughs> Didn't you hear what God told you to do, man? Adam and Eve disobeyed God. God did exactly what he said he would do. And now everybody still is affected by what Adam and Eve did from Genesis. So lesson number one, listen to what God says and obey God. Don't allow myself to be enticed by Satan. Otherwise, I'll experience the negative consequences of it, and, will, and so will many others. Amen? Avoid, you know, avoid all that is, to avoid all that, just simply obey God. Amen. Again, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Next, we want to look at David and Bathsheba. We all know the story, David and Bathsheba. David was Israel's greatest and most beloved king. Amen? Uh, he was the youngest son of Jesse from Bethlehem. 
He took care of his father's sheep, played the harp to calm Saul down. David killed Goliath, became best friends with Jonathan. Seemed like everything David touched turned to gold. God's favor was with David's life because of all of David's successes, Saul was, Saul, uh, you know, uh, was jealous. I think what really, what really uh, uh, put him to the uh, tipping point was when he heard the women saying, uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. So, just, so Saul tried to kill him. David was uh, on the run from Saul until his death. And after Saul's death, David was declared king over uh, Judah. You know, and after, after the defeat of the uh, religious capital by bringing the ark to Jerusalem, he organized worship, he expanded kingdoms, dedicated all the wealth from all the nations that he uh, subdued to the Lord. David had a heart for God. He planned to build uh, a temple for God to dwell in, and God, made, and God made an everlasting covenant with David. And 2 Samuel 11, it starts out by saying, it happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. You know, that, that proved to be uh, a bad move. David normally didn't do that, but he stayed behind. You know, it says something about our idle time. That's probably one of the most dangerous times in our life when we have a lot of idle time. We need to guard our hearts during that time. Have a plan in view so we don't fall. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and he walked on the roof of the house, of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. Someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Hmm. And the wife of Uriah, well, there you are. There was uh, his way of escape. David received counsel, reminding David that this was someone else's wife. Also, David, at that time, could have decided to just, after he saw Bathsheba bathing, turn around. Just turn around and go the other way. You know, we see things all the time. So, but uh, he could have just, you know, in a brief moment said, oh, my bad, and, and went the other way. He could have went back to bed. No, but... but uh, he pursued, he went on. You know, so he violated several things. He violated the seventh, eighth, and tenth commandment. Thou should not commit adultery. Thou should not steal. Thou should not covet thy neighbor's wife. At that point, David was fully involved in his lust with Bathsheba. Then it says, David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he laid with her. And it says, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. That means her recent days had involved menstruation and the required ceremonial purification. Let's talk about that's in Leviticus 15. That was followed by her having an adulterous relationship with David. The fact that she had just experienced a menstrual cycle makes it clear that Bathsheba was not pregnant with Uriah. 
when she had come to lie with David. So she conceived and she took David. She told David, I am with child. Now what? How can this happen? This is David, the man after God's own heart. How can this be? What's the message here? The message is that this could happen to any one of us at any time. Regardless if we think we're all that godly or if we're just low down and we're trying to get away with stuff, it can happen to any one of us. Again, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. The New American Standard says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for it determines the course of your life. You and I will save ourselves a lot of heartache and, and pain if we just obey God. Do what he says. Look at the devastation uh, of David's sin. Look at the devastation that David's sin caused. We all know the story. David sinned with Bathsheba. The Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to David to tell him of the story about the rich man and the poor man. The story was told in such a way where David didn't get the connection right away that it was really talking about him and what he did with Bathsheba and, and killing Uriah, her husband, so that he could be out of the picture and not have further complications as they had this child. And so the Bible said, but the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. And God reminded David, is it I, it is, it is I who anointed you king over Israel. And it is I who delivered you from the hands of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives in your care. In other words, God, uh, in his providence, gave David as king everything that Saul uh, had. And I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things like these. Why have you despised the word of the Lord and by doing this evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, David's right-hand man. Have taken his wife to be yours. Now, you're not, we're not hiding anything from God. You have killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife, thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against you, against you from your own house. I will even take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Indeed, you did secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel under the sun. God does not play, you all. Listen to God's heart. Listen to God's heart. So for doing what David did, his punishment was ongoing in his life. Since he killed Uriah with violence, David and his family would be continually plagued with violence. And so it happened. The violent deaths of David's son, Amon, Absalom, uh, Adonijah, Adonijah, amen. Since David had done evil in another man's family, he would receive evil in his own family. Ammon raped his sister Tamar, remember that? Absalom murdered Ammon. Absalom rebelled against David. Oh, and Absalom had sex with David's, with, uh, with his father's concubines. Exactly what God said. For it says in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 21 and 22, 
So they pitched a tent for Absalom in the top of the house. And Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Not to mention, David lost his first child with Bathsheba. After hearing the story from Nathan, the prophet, and being rebuked by God, David did uh, come back to his senses, and he repented. He said, I've sinned against the Lord. That was good. It's good to do that. David didn't attempt to rationalize or justify his sin. When he was confronted with, his, uh, with the facts, David did confess, and his confession was immediate. And it's recorded all that David said in his confession in Psalm 32 and in 51. The Lord graciously forgave David's sin. But the consequences of David's sin would still be experienced. Forgiveness does not always remove consequences of sin in our life. But only in the life to come. Well, let's look at, let's look at uh, one more illustration from the Bible to give, you know, to, so we can look at this thing of temptation and how this affects not only us, but others as well. The story of Israel acting unfaithfully under Joshua's watch. It's Joshua chapter 6 and 7. You know, after Moses' death, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said to him, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all, the peop all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the soil of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke unto Moses. God tells Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. The Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, to be strong and very courageous, and to be careful to do according to all the law of Moses commands you to do. Don't veer from it. Be careful to do all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The Lord kept stressing this to Joshua from the beginning of his call to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. This command and principle to Joshua is true for us today. So even though God gave Joshua and the children of Israel the land, it's interesting, they still had to go through the many challenges and battles to actually get it. They actually had, they had to fight to get the land even though the land was a promise to them. That's just how God operates. So, and there were a lot of people in the land that they had to defeat. You know, the Amalekites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Moabites, all these people. So Joshua started out by spying out the land of Jericho, in chapter, Jeremiah chapter 2. He talks to... Uh, you know, that, that, that chapter talks about uh, Rahab sheltering the, uh, the spies, remember? And, um, there was a promise made to uh, Rahab. Chapter 3 of uh, Joshua talks about uh, them crossing the Jordan. Chapter 6, Israel conquers uh, Jericho. There's where the Lord told Joshua to circle the city, you know, uh, six times in six days. And on the seventh day, you are to circle the city seven times. The priests and the priests shall blow the trumpet. Then at a specific time, all the people uh, will shout and the walls will come down. Now the Lord said after that happened, after you conquer the city, the city will be under a ban. Understand now, the city and all that's in the city belongs to the Lord. So the command of God was this to the children of Israel. 
Keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel a curse and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord now. So they defeated Jericho, just as the Lord had said. But wouldn't you know it, chapter 7, Israel acted unfaithfully. Achan took some of the things under the ban. And God said, and the Bible said rather, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Joshua and the rest of the children of Israel didn't know that that took place yet. So Joshua goes on with the plan to set up an attack uh, to, for Ai. He, go, he gets counsel not to, let his, uh, not to let all of his army fight this battle, only, only about 2,000 to 3,000 men. So they go to war, and they got their butts whipped. <laughs> the men of Ai killed about 36 men and chased the rest of the men out of town. When Joshua heard what had happened, he tore his clothes, Joshua 7, and fell to the ground, basically asking God, what happened? I thought you were my guy. I thought I was your guy, Lord. Remember, a pastor shared this uh, some weeks back. And the Lord told Joshua, Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my commandment, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their back before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. The Lord told Joshua, you cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. That's why they lost. They were so used to winning because the Lord was with them. Sin was in the camp. The Lord uh, caused them to lose. And so the next morning, Joshua combed uh, through each tribe of Israel. It's interesting God knew who did it, but he allowed uh, Joshua to comb, have to do the work. He allowed Joshua to have to do all the work. That's interesting. So Joshua had to do the work, and they finally found that it was Achan. That's uh, verse 19. Achan confessed it was him. He sinned against the Lord. He explained, what I saw, there's that word again, you saw. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I covet them, he confessed, and took them, and behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the, with the uh, shelves underneath it. So when they went to investigate it, they found everything exactly just as he said. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of uh, Ir, the silver, the mantle, the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that belonged to him. And they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones. They burnt them with fire. They had stoned them, and they stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that stands 
to this day so that we may never forget what happened and why, and so that we would not do the same things that they did as a result. It goes on to say, and the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. So in other words, if Joshua had not carried out all that they did in stoning and burning Achan and all that he had, including his sons and his daughters, God's fierce anger would have still been on them. All that they did and exactly the way they did it was what God wanted them to do. The Lord approved it. Some of, you might, some of you hearing this might be thinking, man, that's a little over the top. Well, regardless of how we think about this or not, the point is, when you and I sin, when we fall into temptation, it will not only affect us negatively, it will affect countless others negatively with uh, who really didn't have anything to do with our sin. But they got dragged in it anyways. Look at it. Look at what happened. Achan had disobeyed God's command. The result of disobeying God's command, the result of giving in to, temp giving in to temptation, the Lord is angry. Relationship with God suffers. It gets cut off. Along with that, we get no grace, no favor from God. Remember, our God also is Lord and sovereign over circumstances. About 36 men were killed. They lost their lives because of Achan's sin, his temptation. Joshua was held responsible for God, for Achan's sin. It also affected Joshua's relationship with God. He thought God dropped the ball on him. But he just didn't have all the information. That's something to really ponder. When we come to God and we think that God has not done right with us, we might want to stop and think, maybe I don't have all the information. Keep in mind, God is faithful, he's sovereign, he's good. So because of that fact, maybe I don't have information in some other areas. That would, I think that would save me from a lot of baloney. <laughs> you know, accusing God and everything. No, 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 I just don't have all the facts. Just wait and look. Amen? Amen. Temptation. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In closing, is there a difference between a test and temptation? I said it before, but just for emphasis, what's the difference? Jeremiah 17.10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind to give to each man according to the result of his deeds. So our God tests us. Remember, God is not surprised when things come up in our lives. He does this so that we might see and, uh, you know, make adjustments. And so when we get revelation, we grow in character. It's not God who tempts us. Temptation never comes from God. James 1, verses 13 and 15 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed with his own lusts. And when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Amen. The Bible says we are tempted when we are carried away, dragged away, enticed, and baited 
to commit sin by our own lusts. Remember, I asked this earlier, how can I tell the difference if I'm being tested or I'm, or I'm being tempted to sin? I believe both can happen at the same time. So how so? That depends on me. Where am I at at that moment? If I'm walking with God in daily fellowship with him, something comes up, I respond in humility and obedience to God. I grow, in, I grow from the experience. I grow in strength and character. On the other hand, something comes up, I'm enticed by it, I lust after it, then I'm tempted. I also believe I can be tempted to sin, but not go through with the act. Because my heart is grieved, convicted, heartbroken over my sin. I don't do it. Because I know that would hurt the heart of God. So I walk away from temptation. When I do that, I grow. Romans, it's the Romans 6, 7, and 8 experience. Okay, well, how can I guard from my heart? How can I, how can I guard my heart? Meditation in God's word, Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all, according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How can I resist temptation? Have you noticed all these three examples here? They all knew what they were about to get into was sin. Because they knew, all knew what God had, had told them. We can't deny this. We have to ask ourselves the question, is this sin what I'm, what I'm about to get into? Make the decision from that beginning to not go there. See, because they all looked at and began to consider the forbidden thing, and they saw, it as a, they, they saw this as a de desirable thing. Regardless where they were at spiritually, amazingly, David was you know, a man after God's own heart. It doesn't matter. The heart is deceitful above all else, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I believe, I believe God is saying to us to remember this about ourselves and not forget it. Guard your hearts. Put safeguards in place so that we don't sin against God. So again, they committed the pleasurable act. Yes, it felt delicious and wonderful and very satisfying, exhilarating at that time. But none of them took the time to think, what would be the outcome of me getting, giving into this temptation? So Chicago and think, when we, when we are tempted, think, what would be the outcome if I give in to this temptation? And don't do it. Take the time to look at the devastation, heartache, and misery that it would have caused me if I give in to that. Let it break your heart. I hope, I pray, that it breaks our heart to even think, to even have this even come into our thinking. Amen? Amen? Remember this, we've heard this before. Sin will take us further than we want to go, keep us longer than we want to stay, and cost us more than we want to pay. Chicagoland, Believe God in our heart. Trust him. Obey God. Eve, you've, you're, you're being tempted to eat that fruit, that forbidden fruit that God said don't eat. We've got to believe what God says to us. Don't eat the forbidden fruit, Chicago Lamb. There's other fruits that we can eat, but not what's forbidden. Our God knows what's best for us. Chicagoland, don't eat the forbidden fruit. David, man after God's own heart, you already knew that God told you what to do and what not to do. What are you doing? Why did you do that? God already gave you safeguards not to get involved, to protect you, 
not to harm you. You already knew what God said about murder, stealing, and adultery. Don't go there, man. You saw Bathsheba bathing. Okay, turn around. Repent. Go back to bed. We've got to think more carefully what we're doing during our idle times. That can be a very dangerous time for us. Just be wise in what we do. Know our weaknesses and put things in place so we don't fall. If you're tempted to steal like Achan, just think. Just take the time to look at what it's going to take to steal. Take the time to look at that. And then ask yourself, why are you hiding that stuff? And then wake up. It's not right. Remember, God sees everything we do. So there's some idolatry going on in your heart if you want to steal. In other words, you're worshiping things more than, what, more than God who created all things. It's God who you really need. Believe what God says in Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, and lastly, remember Jesus' example in dealing with temptation in Matthew 4. Go back there and study that. Basically, when temptation came to Jesus Christ, what did he do? He always focused on the word of God. Go to the word of God. And go to the word of God in context. If Satan tried to go to him out of context. Know it in context. Amen? Rightly dividing the truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. Well, there it is, Shekhal. And there's, these are the keys to... Uh, dealing with temptation, to avoid temptation. So I hope that uh, is really a help to us. Why don't we go ahead and bow in prayer. Lord God, we know these things. We've heard these things before. But yet, we are continually being tempted in our lives every day in various ways. I pray that this reminder would help us to not fall into temptation. For your glory and honor, I pray. Amen.